Welcome to Fuel for Today, curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We are confident this will fuel your faith in the one who gives faith. If you have breath in your lungs, God has a plan for your life, a plan that is far better, bigger, and immensely more than anything you have ever imagined. How do we make disciples? Or how does this process actually happen? How can we create this environment where God is going to give growth, right? I used this example last Sunday. If I want to become a better husband and I'm just sitting there on my phone praying, God, please let me become a better husband. Please let me love my wife like Christ loves the church. And my wife texts me. She's like, hey, honey, can you take out the trash? And I don't respond. I just keep praying about it. Yeah, it's, it's, you think it's funny now, right? But the point is, I have not created that environment. What's the environment? Get off your phone, go to your wife and say, honey, absolutely, I'll take out the trash. What else can I do for you, right? And you can apply that to any scenario in your life. We create that environment. And I remember, I think it was um, a famous person that said this. He said, it's funny, the harder I work, the luckier I get, Right? In the Christian life is the more you follow Jesus, the more blessed you become. The more you realize that certain problems that plagued you before, you're like, wow, I can actually get through this and I'm quite okay. So the first thing that we want to talk, uh, that just what we want to kind of talk about today is this, gather. That's the first thing that we do. If you're thinking about God gives growth, how does he practically do that? How does, how do we as a forward church, how do we have a plan or a process of how we're going to do it? The first thing that's so important is gathering, right? It's important to come together. This is the reason why we come together. When we come together as a church on Sunday mornings, it is a time for us to motivate, inspire, and equip one another and to love on one another. Here's why we do this. Because during the week, you and I will experience difficulties, hardships, And maybe even catastrophes. And those things can overwhelm us. They can frustrate us. And they can grieve us so much that without gathering on a Sunday, we think there's no hope to live in this world. That's why we come together. So when we come together and worship and and raise our hands and clap and sing in worship, it is a picture, a foretaste of heaven. It is a time when we get together, forget everything else that's going on in our life, and we get inspired by Jesus. Amen? Amen. That's why it's important to gather. This is why one of our primary things that we do is we gather. We we rent a hotel uh, area from Double Tree Hilton to gather together, to inspire, to equip, and to be all about Jesus Christ. And the thing is that in the Bible, there's actually, in Hebrews, it even says that that don't neglect gathering together as some have done. And why do we gather together? We encourage one another. We spur one another onto love and good works. And here's the thing, friends. We all need one another. We all need one another. We need to pray for one another. We need to support one another. And we need to be the people who will love on one another. That's the ethos of Forward Church. We're not individualistic people. We're a community of people that are absolutely captivated by Jesus Christ. And we want to love the people that are coming here. Amen? Amen. That's the goal of why we're doing this. And so here's the thing. How do we love people? Why? is it? It's hard sometimes to do that. Here's the thing. God the Father, His love was poured out onto us in Jesus Christ. 
And so when we partake in communion, we understand that God's love is in us and we can dispense that love towards other people. If you try to love people on your own strength, you will get exhausted and you will become miserable. That's why we talked about that. It's not about that you loved God first. It's that God loved you first. And that's the way that we can love other people. So the two ways that at Forward Church, how we gather is we come together on Sunday gatherings, 10.30 a.m. This is a celebration service. We love coming here. We're celebrating what God is doing. And we want to encourage people to continue coming and to inviting their friends. And the second way that we gather is we gather in community groups during the week. We break bread, we read the Bible, we pray for one another, and we encourage one, one another. And that's very important to do that, community groups. And we love to have our entire church plugged into community groups, and there's going to be a way for us to do that. The second thing that we do, other than gather, is we go. We go. And the point is that we're living a life on mission. So this is basically uh, us uh, two weeks ago when we, when we had a New Here lunch. And if you're new here and if you've never been to one of these lunches, uh, you're in for a treat. We have one coming up next month. And going means that we gather together. We're inspired by God to live a life. And then in our weekly life, we go. We go to our workplaces, our environments, our families, our spheres of influence, and we go and we share the love of Jesus with people. If you guys remember last time, somebody said, well, how can I be, um, I'm a pilot, how can I worship God faithfully? I said, land the plane, right? It's very simple. When, whatever field you're in, how can we show Jesus? How can we be the practical Messiah to the world that is out there? And here's the thing. Um, we want the gospel to be so much in us that it just leaks out everywhere that we go. If somebody was to like stick a fork in us or puncture us, the gospel would just leak out. Just go with me on an illustration, okay? That's kind of what we have to do. And here's the thing. We gather together on Sundays in the community groups. We go out into the world and share our faith and live our lives. And the third thing, last but not least, that you and I do is we grow. We grow, right? This is some cool pictures. This is some pictures from our community groups. Look how fun they look. Don't you want to join one? Exactly. So, <laughs> so this is our two community groups. One of them, um, uh, top left, meets in Tustin. The bottom right, it means meets in Rancho Santa Margarita. And we're praying, we're praying that God would raise up more community group leaders and that we would have more groups spread throughout South Orange County where we're being the hands and feet of Jesus. And you might say, I love Jesus. I kind of understand this whole Christianity thing, but how can I practically grow? One of the ways that you grow is when you're part of a community group. And when we come together, it's a more of an informal setting where we worship God. We pray for one another. We break bread. We have great conversations, lively conversations. Sometimes they go on for very long. It's hard to wake up the next morning, but it's okay. It's all for Jesus' glory. And, and that's, I think, is a, is a very important part. And, and that's part of growth. Now, some of you might be wondering and saying, okay, I want to grow spiritually with Jesus. How do I practically do that? One of the ways is this. Our hearts are wired in our sinful nature in a way where we are constantly not believing what Jesus has said. Okay, I've said this before that the hardest thing for a Christian to ever believe is that God loves you. And so during the week, we have all these voices. I call it a chatterbox. Constantly pumping into our minds, right? Voices that are saying, you're not good enough. 
voices that are saying your past is going to plague you, voices that are saying Jesus Christ did not really forgive you, voices that are saying you're not approved, voices that are saying you're not good enough, voices that are coming back from your past, bringing up maybe your past sin to light and saying, look at what you've done. Jesus will never accept you. All those are lies. On the cross, Jesus Christ said, it is finished. And when Jesus said it is finished, Jesus didn't say, okay, it's finished 70%. The other 30, you have to download that somewhere else. He didn't say that. Jesus on the cross didn't say, halfway it's finished. The rest is your work. No, Jesus said, totally, finally, ultimately, it is finished. Amen? Amen. Amen. And that is the greatness of God. That Jesus Christ forgives your past sins, your current sins, and your future sins. The Bible says that it's going to be as far as the east from the west. The fact that your sins are forgiven and your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. This is the overwhelming love of Jesus Christ. That's a great thing about it. And the number one problem people battle all the time is past sins. It's guilt. It's shame. On the cross, Jesus took our guilt. He took our shame. He took our sin and he gives us his holiness, his cleanliness, and his righteousness. And so as a pastor, often people come up to me and say, you know what? I've done all these things. Will Jesus forgive me? Yes, he will forgive you. I have a, uh, a stepfather-in-law who actually goes to uh, who goes to jails, he goes to jail, he's not in jail, okay, but he goes to jail, he's a chaplain, okay, and um, interesting story that he told me was that when he goes into these jails and he ministers to these people, um, because he's a chaplain, they often confess their sin, they often ask him, you know, is God going to let him into, into heaven or not, and, and the, the thing is that he's saying all of them who have committed all these crazy things, they all have a very good argument for God, for why he should forgive them, right? And so um, he recently met a guy, and the guy asks him a very specific question. He says, will God forgive my sins? And my stepfather-in-law says, okay, well, give me a little bit more details about what you're talking about. And this man says, will God forgive me for seven sins? For seven sins. And my stepfather-in-law is like, well, okay, let's kind of talk about what happened. And uh, why he's like, yeah, God will forgive you 70 times 70. If Jesus taught that, he also will forgive you. If you repent and call upon the name of the Lord, there's no sin too great. He went into whole theology of forgiveness. And so the meeting ended and the guy went away. And uh, my stepfather-in-law, being uh, very curious, he goes to Google and he looks up the guy's name. And now the whole story comes to light. Apparently, the reason that this convict was asking if God will forgive seven sins was because he murdered seven prostitutes. He murdered them. And in the gentleman's mind, he's wondering, will God forgive him? Now, I don't want to go into whole discussion about what that is, but the point is this. God's love is bigger than our understanding. God's love is bigger than our sin. God's love is bigger than our shame, our guilt, our problems. Jesus Christ went to the cross and Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Maybe you're here today and you desperately desire that rest. Maybe you're here today and you want to drink from that living water. Maybe you're here today and you understand that Jesus is the door that will allow you to walk through that and he forgives all your sin, he forgives all your shame. Today is the day when Jesus Christ 
He's telling you personally, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. When we talk about the Bible, when we talk about Jesus, why he went to the cross, why he loved people so much, and how you and I should be the same people. When Jesus went and caught the woman in adultery, what happened there? He said to her, after all her accusers have left, he said, woman, where are your accusers? And she says, Lord, there are none. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Therefore, go and sin no more. And you know what I want to do? I want to flip the script in that story. Very often, we think of the story as the woman caught in adultery. You know what that story is? It's not a woman caught in adultery. It's a woman caught in grace. That's the beauty of the gospel. That's the jewel that we look at it from different ways and we see it. And it's so scandalous. It's so ridiculous. We sometimes even think, Jesus, how in the world can you forgive that? And he says, I can because I am God. And that's the overwhelming love of God. That's the reason that we as a church exist. That's the reason the forward church exists. To give people hope and healing in Jesus. And friends, if you're here today and you're still searching for God and if you have unrest in your heart, here's what I want to tell you. Until you find Jesus and until Jesus fills your heart, you're going to continue experiencing dissatisfaction in your life. Jesus is the purpose of our life. Jesus is our life. Jesus didn't just come and say, I'm going to give you a new life. Jesus says, I am the life. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection. Jesus says, I'm the way to live. I am the life and I'm giving myself to you. Jesus doesn't give us our instructions and says, follow this and I'll accept you. Jesus said, I'm going to give you myself. Amen. And that's the best thing that can possibly happen to you and to me. And so how do we practically grow as a church, as, as a body of Christ? Well, one of the ways that we do that is the more we find out about who God is and the more we want to worship him, we're going to want to serve. And one of the ways to do that is just to commit to attending every Sunday, to encourage and to love on one another in the church. When we wake up on Sunday mornings, I understand a whole bunch of things are happening. Here's what I'm going to say, friends. You will never, ever regret coming to church on a Sunday morning. You will not regret it. If you're sick, come here. We're going to pray for you and maybe God is going to heal you. If you're having a bad day, you're going to hear some worship songs here. Your day is going to be flipped, turned upside down. You're going to be happy you came here. So when we're talking to this group, when you're talking to your friends and family and people are in bed texting you like, oh, I'm not sure I'm feeling kind of bad today. You want to feel good? Come to church. Come to Forward Church. You're feeling down? Come to church. This is a body of people. Look around you. People can pray for you, encourage you, love on you, give you a big bear hug, hook you up with some coffee. What could be better than that on a Sunday morning? Amen? Thank you for listening to this curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired by this message. Bogdan is personally convinced that whatever fills your mind fuels your life. It is his life goal to help you faithfully follow Jesus. For more information, please visit fuelforlife.tv.